Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about these coastal gas link attacks because, you know, the, the video and everything, the story was initially so shocking that we didn't hear very much about it. Yeah, it is pretty shocking. So coastal gas link is the natural gas pipeline that's being built through northern British Columbia. It's going to carry natural gas to the LNG terminal under construction in Kitimat controversial for two reasons. Uh, I mean, it's got a lot of support, including from the NDP government, but controversial because, first of all, it's a fossil fuel project. And second of all, even though many Indigenous leaders and many Indigenous bands along the route support the project and it's signed benefit-sharing agreements, there is a holdout group of hereditary chiefs, some of them, of the Wet'suwet'en First Nation that are opposed. They've set up a protest encampment uh, along the line, and they're doing what they can, um, you know, fighting it legally and through protests to try to stop construction. So that's the background. Um, Protests are one thing. Back in February, there was a rampage at the construction camp. Uh, Vehicles destroyed, equipment destroyed, a worker injured. That was in February. And then, Simi, last week you had a midnight, late-night attack on a, a four RCMP vehicles and some other vehicles in a hotel parking lot in Smithers, north of the controversial section of the line, and four of those RCMP vehicles were part vehicles for the RCMP detachment or unit that is up there Uh, trying to provide um, safety and protection, manage the protests for the line. So those two attacks are presumed to be linked, although that is part of the controversy that spilled over into the legislature this week. Yeah, okay, so how did that go? Well, Shirley Bond, a member for Prince George, uh, opposition, gets up, a former attorney general too, gets up and says, what's going on really to the government too? This February is a long time ago. This latest attack appears to be linked. Uh, What's the government doing about it? Is this another example of the, you know, the NDP kind of lax on issues of public safety and law enforcement? Mike Farnworth gets up, the Solicitor General, the janitor, bristling, and says, uh, you're a former Attorney General. You should know these things take time. The RCMP are investigating. Uh, They are working on it. And relax. Uh, The police are on the job on this. So that's the first thing. But, you know, Bond goes back at them on another issue, which is the New Democrats have been trying uh, for more than two years to try to sort things out with that group of holdout Indigenous leaders, the hereditary chiefs. Um, They've gone at it in different ways. Bond pointed out, before he became Attorney General, before he joined Cabinet and got elected to the legislature, Murray Rankin was paid $150,000 to facilitate a settlement. And she points out that was more than two years ago, and there is very little evidence of progress. So what about it? Well, Rankin gets up. Rankin says, um, look, we're still talking. We're trying to get the holdout group to come to a summit with federal government and sort this thing out. So we're still working on it. But, you know, they, they are still working on it. But, Simi, uh, you go back. You remember that spilled over into a protest at the legislature right. pre-pandemic. The, the protest, the opposition, I don't see any sign of any movement 
despite the best efforts and the best intentions of the government. And, you know, there, I, in terms of the concern here is these attacks suggest that the legitimate peaceful opposition to this project is starting to translate into illegitimate, violent destruction and opposition. And that's an obvious point of concern because the pipeline is still under construction. Right. How far along is it, though? Is work proceeding normally? Well, you know, they made amazing progress. This is 75% complete coastal gas link. And if you go on their website, they have a very nice monthly update of construction that tells you how many people are working on it and what they got built. And for the most part, it's gone well. There's sections of the line that are already complete. But here's the problem. There's a 77-kilometer section, long, south of Smithers, in the midst of the traditional territory of the Wet'suwet'en, flanking the protest encampment, and very little work has been completed there. They have started to lay pipe, install pipe along the route. They've completed about 14% of that distance. But, you know, without, without alarming anybody, you can see the concern that if people are willing to attack the construction project and the resources in the middle of the night, does that put construction of that section of the line at risk? And you can see why there's a sense of alarm around it. I'm not making any predictions. No one is. But something that surfaced this week I find pretty disturbing, Simi. So there's an online publication called Northern Beat. Reporter Fran Yanner, she uncovered... Um, evidence that a week before the attack on the RCMP vehicles, opponents of the pipeline issued a call for assistance from anarchists and activists saying, you know, we need help. We've got to deal with this project. And no, the, the call doesn't explicitly relate to um, the attack, it is a coincidence, I guess, an amazing coincidence. But there is evidence in the rhetoric being used by opponents, particularly the call to anarchists, that this thing is spilling over into the realm of violent protest and attacks, not legitimate protest and attacks. Opposition to the project is perfectly legitimate, but where is it headed? Well, we've already had two attacks that went way over the top. Huh. Okay. So what like what do we know then about the investigation into all this? Uh police have said nothing. Government has said nothing. Uh we assume if you again I, I'd send people to Northern Beat website and read Fran's piece because she did talk to the police and she's got some detail. She also uncovered that the organizers of the protests are um scheduling more protests for Saturday. November the 5th, which is Guy Fawkes Day, and I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. People can look that up, too, in anarchy. But, uh, you know, what the organizers say is this uh, weekend protest is, uh, you know, being called to target BCMLA offices, uh, bank locations because the, the ba- of a bank that's the backer of the project, uh, go across the country, protest this thing. Again, I say, you know, it's a controversial project, understandable, people sympathetic to the First Nation, people who don't want more fossil fuel development, you're going to get protests. 
as long as it's just legal protests, uh, the government, I don't think, is particularly concerned what they're concerned about. They don't say too much about it, but clearly they're concerned, Simi, is, as I said, that those two violent attacks are not the last of it. Right. And the thing is, these are not big communities we're talking about here, Vaughn, right? Like, it's not like, and that's the thing that got me about the first attack is that, you know, this kind of stuff can't be done in silence where nobody knows what was going on. You know, it is very disturbing. And the, and that came through on the thing in Smithers as well, because the, the vehicles were clearly targeted. The rest of the RCMP detachment in Smithers, the regular one, wasn't targeted. And I've had emails, and I expect to get more of them. Other journalists have had emails saying, everybody knows who's doing this, right? Everybody knows who's doing this. Well, does everybody know who's doing it? Have they told the police is the, is the first answer. But you're right. These are small communities. This issue has been there for a long time. There is a difference between legitimate protesters and outsiders bent on greater trouble and uh, activists bent on greater trouble. I mean, there has and, – and look, um, I mean, how do you protect you – know, ultimately – how do you protect a 670-kilometer-long pipeline that goes through some of the most difficult and remote tra- terrain in British Columbia? I mean, yes, the RCMP are there, and yes, the construction crews are now being protected, and yes, everyone's taking precautions, but in the long term, um, if people are willing to attack the project in the dead of the night, what can you do about it? I would suggest it's limited. Yeah, I would suggest that too. Avon, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.